But yeah, I thought, Lord, can we just have a share a nice scripture together this morning and have a nice, gentle, easy time? And I just felt God staring me this morning to say, no, this is important. God is a speaking God. I think Andy's just alluded to that in when he said about this guy that gave a word, he saw him on the walls. And this morning, God wants to speak to our hearts. You know, God loves us so much. And the, the burden in my heart is this, God wants to heal people this morning. I'm not about physical healing. I'm not about brokenness. People who feel they've gone through a trauma, uh, you've, you've been through either separation or hurt or falling out, and God wants to heal you this morning. There's keys in this passage of scripture that we're going to speak about. It's no coincidence that Brexit was also mentioned, the separation. And this is what we're going to look at this morning in Acts chapter 15. And before we do that, let me just share with you a pretext. Reading from Proverbs 17 and verse 9. He who covers a transgression seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates friends. He who covers a transaction seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates friends. So if you want to turn with me to Acts 15. And I'm reading out of the New King James Version this morning. Now this is a small passage. And the key is, is Barnabas and Paul, a relationship that had been going for some three good years in the mission field. They'd gone off on their first mission. And if you remember, they were set aside by the Holy Spirit, set aside for me Barnabas and Paul to, to go into the mission field is what they did. And for two years, they went around on their first mission. So in fact, 15 and 36, then after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, let us now go back and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. Now Barnabas was determined to take with them John called Mark, but Paul insisted that they should not take, them, take with them the one who had departed from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work then the contention became so sharp that they parted from one another. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus. But Paul chose Silas and departed, being commended by the brethren to the grace of God. And he went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. Such a small passage, it sort of kind of brushes over such a major separation. What we have to realize here, that this is some partnership and there's contention between them and they separate. These guys had been through hell together. Said so they'd risked their lives for the gospel. They'd gone into town, upon town in that first mission. They were stoned in some. They were contentious with the Jews at the time convincing them about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And they'd gone through many trials together. And yet, in a short passage we hear, let's go back to the work. And the next minute, you know, there's a strong contention between them and they separate. It doesn't give us a lot to say and understand why they separate. But it's critical that we understand it this morning. 
because I believe there's a key here for us in our situation. We sang there a hymn at the beginning, the very first hymn or song, which is the Alpha and the Omega. Our Lord is the beginning and the end. He's the start and the end. He knows the end. Now, we know the beginning and the end of these stories, don't we? We know our Bibles if we read our Bibles. But put yourself in their shoes. They don't know their end. They don't know what's coming fully. Paul says, we, we see through a darkened glass. We don't quite see that clearly, our end or what is to come. But we seek the Lord and we go in obedience to his voice, not knowing our end. And some of you have come to positions in life where you think, why has this gone wrong? Why have I fallen out? Why have I had this problem? Why have I come to a place of hurt? Because we'll see here, there's three people involved in this story. There's Paul, there's Barnabas, and his nephew, which is John Mark, the reason for this contention. And we'll look a little closer as to why this came about. And what was that reason? But you know, these had been appointed as apostles. They'd been set aside, early apostles. Barnabas was a very good friend of Paul. You know, when they, he went to Jerusalem to meet the 12 apostles at the time, after he had his great conversion on the road, they wouldn't believe that he was converted. They wouldn't let them, him join them. And he went away from Jerusalem and Barnabas went after him. And he convinced the early apostles and said, no, this man, I've seen him preaching. He is truly converted. Give him a chance. And it was this first missionary journey, they, they, the Holy Spirit came and through prayer and fasting and a gathering together, they said, set aside Paul and Barnabas. It was a divine partnership that they had. It was a powerful partnership. And I said, they went back. And do you remember we, we read in the previous weeks about the contention about circumcision and what should we do? And Paul came back with Barnabas from the missions field. And they, they came before the council at Jerusalem, the, the 12, first 12 apostles, and said, what should we do with this debate about circumcision? And they said, it would be good that we'll write a letter and we'll send it with Paul and Barnabas. And we'll get over this. It's not about circumcision. It's about our faith in Christ. I says, and then they sat down and they, in this council after they'd agreed this was good and they kept, they, they were quietened. And up stands Paul and Barnabas. And they began to share about the exploits of that first mission. How many signs and wonders had followed their ministry. What a powerful ministry they had. What a powerful partnership. So it's so critical. We're reading a small passage like it's nothing. They just parted. It's just a small matter. It just says one line, the contention became so sharp that they parted from one another. Well, that's a big thing that this partnership that was divinely set together by the Holy Spirit said, set me aside, Paul and Barnes. It's a big thing that suddenly we have this rapture this split, this separation, this sharp contention. You know, they were apostles. There's lots of apostles today there. We had 12 apostles and then we had Paul and Barnabas set aside and appointed. Men sent of God. Can apostles get it wrong? 
What was the matter here? How come they couldn't get along? How come they came to this position where they just could not get along and they had to separate? You know, I'll talk a little example for you in my own life, I guess. We hear it's John Mark was the problem here, we see. There's a disagreement over John Mark. He left us. We were meant to be going on to Pamphylia after we sailed to Cyprus and then we sailed to Pamphylia and he didn't come with us into the rest of the work. Paul's arguing, why should he come with us now and revisit the churches? Why should he come? Why should he have that privilege to come with us and, re and, and redo the churches and strengthen them? It's because of John Mark. Well, Barnabas argues back, son of consolation, encouragement. It was him who went back for Paul and said, no, believe this guy. Give him a chance. Give this guy a chance. I know he was a persecutor of the church, but apostles, early apostles, leaders, give him a chance. You know, apostles don't always get it right. I've got a book um, going back to our relative history in the 70s and 80s, Restoring the Kingdom, the Radical Christianity of the House Church Movement, which gives us a, an understanding. I don't know if any of you have ever read this. Um, well, basically, it talks of the history of the charismatic movement, the Holy Spirit being poured out. People were coming together from house churches and forming what we would call then was restoration. It became covenant ministries. And out of which came Terry Virgo, New Frontiers, Tony Morton, and other men that came from this ministry, early ministry. And I remember being at, at Bible college and um, we left Bible college and, and at the time, it was, was, where was God going to place you? And uh, there was a guy called one of the apostles, just newly made apostle, was Kerry Jones. And there was Bryn Jones. They were the only two apostles at the time that we knew. The rest were either teachers or they were part of the ministry team. And I'm speaking for John Mark here. There's this split of two main apostles in the early church. This separation Barnabas is going home, but Paul goes on around the mission field. And it was over John Mark. And I left Bible college, and the key was, was there was, it was a leadership program. There was 13 couples or so of us, and basically God would place you in a church or go and lead a church or support a, a work somewhere. And I was asked by um, Kerry Jones to consider a place called Merthyr Tidville. Does anybody know Merthyr Tidville? Which is in the Welsh Valleys. So I went along there for a few weeks, a few weekends we'd go and we'd drive from Yorkshire all the way through to Merthyr Tidville. It was a fantastic atmosphere in the men's meeting. I remember we gathered on, on the Wednesday night or something, or it was a Sunday night, and there was a good 50 or so men and we prayed. And I remember those days, I, I moved more in prophecy and I had a word for them and it was exciting times. Is this where God is going to place me? Um, and the leader at the time, I've forgotten his name, it, I, I don't want to get it wrong so I won't say, um, but a chap that was the leader there who was, who was meant to be moving on so that would give room for me to come and be the minister at this church. Um, 
invited us for Sunday lunch and we went along and we had Sunday lunch and he said, come and see my, my build. I'm currently on a project. I'm building a new home in the valley in Merthyr there. And he shows us this new, just the foundations had been laid for this new building. So I'm thinking, well, the story I was, the story I was told was this guy is going to be moving on and God's going to release me here to become the minister for this church. Um, so I remember talking with Catherine. We said, you know what? I, I can't see this guy moving on. He's just building a house. He's got no intentions. Either the apostles of the time haven't told them that they're bringing in this young guy. You know, I was 27, 28 or something. Uh, and he was in his 40s or 50s. Maybe they haven't told him their plans. I don't know because, you know, they, in the early days, shall we say, of restoration, we were figuring it out. We're still figuring it out. And the church is still figuring it out today. And apostles aren't infallible. The Holy Catholic Church has the Pope and they have a doctrine of infallibility. Um... In other words, can the, is the Pope perfect in everything that he says and does? I'll just get to the word. Or can he make mistakes? Now we know as Christians that we are mere men, whether I'm an apostle, a prophet of God, we can make mistakes. We are not perfect. It's God who is the Alpha and the Omega. It's him who knows the beginning and the end. And so within my story, an uh, example in my life is, is I went back to Kerry on a phone call and said, Kerry, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that this is where God has called me to because I don't believe this guy's moving on. And from that day, it was almost like it was unsaid and untold. But from that day, it was almost like, ah, a bit like Paul here with John Mark. You know, John Mark left us. He wasn't gun-ho, he wasn't out for it. You know, he, he, he hesitated when we were in the mission field. And that was what it was like for me. And eventually we found, uh, we came back to the world and we were asked to join the staff of the World Community Church. Um, but from that day, it was almost like it was unspoken, but you were set aside because you dare to challenge the authority of the apostles. And so I can understand here the dynamics of these three, of John Mark in particular. You know, when there's separation, when there's hurt and contention, it, sorry, it brings about hurt. It brings about, you know, um, sadness which is why I read that Proverb 17.9 he who covers a transgression seeks love but he who repeats a matter separates friends and it's very sad when you have to separate and I believe there's people here have, have gone through stuff like this disagreement, separation fallout and you've not understood, how did it come to that? Here's Barnabas and Paul, great apostles, great men of God. 
anointed, many signs and wonders following in their work. How on earth could they be separated? It must have been a work of the devil. How in my life has it come to this? I've had a brokenness of this brokenness that I feel, this upset. I've, I feel like it should never have happened. How has it come to this? And that's sometimes in our lives we don't understand what's taken place. And I think here we've got a really good chance of healing and understanding how this contention came about. And it's in the first couple of words that Paul whispers. Then after some days, Paul says to Barnabas, let us, let us. We're reading in Genesis 1, 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. The Trinity God was speaking to God. He counsels, says, let us. It's a hint there because Paul says to Barnabas, let us. He counsels, it's man with man. Where is God in this decision? Where is God? It's only God who knows the beginning and the end. It's only him who's the Alpha and the Omega. It sounds reasonable what he says there, Paul. Let's go back to the churches and let's strengthen them, shall we? They didn't have email, they didn't have internet in those days, they didn't have telephones. Sounds reasonable that they should go back and strengthen the churches. But there's something missing because in all the previous texts, we hear through prayer and through fasting, the Holy Spirit speaking, set apart Barnabas and Paul for the work of the ministry. And then as they're going on the mission field, it says, and through prayer and through fasting, they, they set elders into the churches. Here, I don't see anything about prayer and fasting. I see the backdrop is they've just come back from Jerusalem, the council of the top apostles. They come up with this resolution for circumcision and this letter that they wrote. They'd stood up in the council of Jerusalem and they'd shared about the magnificent works and signs and wonders that followed. Many, it says, many signs and wonders in their first mission. And then they go back to Antioch. Silas goes with them. Uh, he was a prophet. And they're in Antioch. We're not told how long. A few months, maybe. And then suddenly, we've made it, haven't we? Great men. They've risked their lives for the gospel. Many signs and wonders followed that first ministry. It's easy to see that they can say, you know what, let us, let's, let's do it again. Let's get around the churches. Let us, Barnabas. That was the beginning. And we see it's only God that has that ability to counsel with himself as the Trinity. Let us make man in our image. In Isaiah 46, 8 to 10, remember this and show yourselves men. Recall to mind, O you transgressors, Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, things that are not yet done, saying my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. See, this speaks of the counsel of God. 
He's the only one who knows the beginning and the end. We must be careful that we saturate everything that we do in prayer and in fasting. Kamalali said, prayer is crucial. I was sharing this morning about the um, Brooklyn Tabernacle Church of 10,000. The choir is renowned around the world, fantastic. And look it up on YouTube, amazing choir, an amazing church of 10,000 congregation in New York. And you know how it begun? Through prayer. A Polish pastor, and they have 3,000 people in their prayer meetings. And they're getting up at five in the morning, by the way. And he's coming in, the pastor's chair. I come in at 10 past five, and I see people waiting to, to get in to the prayer meeting. He said, what passion they have for that city. And that's why it's such a big church of 10,000. It's so crucial here that we understand that it's not about us. Never mind let us. Shall we do this? Shall we know? You need to hear from God. It's important that we hear from him, that our lives are led and directed by him, not about what we think is good. No matter what title or badge that we might wear, it's only him who knows the beginning and the end. Sorry, I did, I did mean to just have a nice, gentle teach more than a preach this morning, but I just did feel stirred by God that, you know, it matters. Our lives matter. What happened to me back in 1988, it probably was, that hurt. That hurt to be set aside. I was a man who was after God. I wanted to serve him with all my heart. I left my job, I sold my house, prepared to go wherever God called me. I was like John Mark here. Paul, he's such a harsh, <laughs> such a harsh character. He was so out for God. And it's good that we've got him. I'm not knocking you, Paul, because he's done so much for us. He's probably one of the, or the greatest apostle. Most of our New Testament is down to Paul. Well, here I think you got it wrong when you said, oh, Barnabas, let us, never mind let us, let God. Let God in your life. Never mind making decisions about who you should marry, which job you should go to, which partner, which relationships that you hold dear. Don't be a Paul and say, let us. It might sound reasonable. So you might not better knock it. That was a reasonable excuse. Let's go around the churches to strengthen them. But it was let us. Only God has that right. Only he and his counsel has the right to say, let us, as he did in the beginning. Let us make man in our image. Because only God knows our end. So I have to say to you this morning, subject your desires, your heart, to him through prayer, through fasting, through setting aside and saying, Lord, I'm desiring this relationship. Lord, is it of you? Is it right? Lord, is this where you want me? Is this the right relationship? Is this job right? Subject everything, put it before him to his counsel, not ours. Otherwise, we dare come to a position if two leading apostles, great men of God, 
power of God following them around. It's great signs and wonders, many signs and wonders. These guys were greater, if you like, in terms of scoring them. They're right up there. And yet, they come to a major contention and a split. If they couldn't get away from the danger of separation, of disagreement, of hurt, then what chance have we? I don't think any of us in this room have risked our lives for the gospel. Maybe there is, maybe some are here. Would we go in amongst the ISIS and say, I'm going to preach the gospel? Go into Syria when it was a place not to go? Would we? That's a big thing what they did. They risked their lives. No wonder there was many signs and wonders followed. But it's critical that we subject ourselves to God's counsel and not our own. So that was just point one, and I, it's the very first two words, letters. There's something else wrong here, Paul. His next couple of words also. Let us now go back, he says, and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached. I'm wondering whether we could get that slide up, Andy. Um, this is the a slide on Paul's missions, his trips around the area, uh, which will help us understand. And will confirm what I'm saying here, that his intention, Paul, and he does go into the mission field again. But his intentions initially, their counsel together as men, I would suggest, is that they go back around the churches, strengthening the churches that they'd established. Um, just see if we can get it up. Uh, but history, we have... We have the benefit that we do know the end of this story. Um, and I think this slide will demonstrate to us clearly it, it, it didn't happen according to how Paul dictated or thought. So you see there, it's probably not as easy with the light, but there's a blue line. Can you see the blue line? Paul's first journey. And it starts, if we look down at uh, Antioch. In fact, if I get on my line, see it better. Yeah. So where we got Syria in the green on the far right, we go just to the left of that, we have Antioch, and they sail across to Cyprus, and then on to Perga. This is the blue line, if you can follow it. Um, and then they come round through to Derb, and then there's a bit of tune throwing from Derb back to Perga and then back to Antioch. That's their first missionary journey. And where John Mark left them is when they left Cyprus to sail across to Perga. Uh, Pamphylia, it says, that's where John Mark left them, chose not to go on, but to go back home. And John Mark is a nephew of Barnabas, and Barnabas was from Cyprus, that was their home. So he goes home. But there's another mission there. There's mission two, the second journey, which is the one we're talking about here. The Paul says, let us go back to the churches. And his second journey is in red. It said that Barnabas sailed back to Cyprus with John Mark from Antioch. Again, Syria on the far right. He sails to Cyprus with John Mark. We don't hear of Barnabas again after that in the scriptures. 
And Paul sails off in red and he begins at Antioch up to Tarsus, which is Paul of Tarsus, would have been his hometown. And he moves to Derb, Iconium. But he doesn't do the circuit there. He doesn't revisit the churches. That's what he was saying is, let, let us go back and visit our brethren in every city where we've preached. He doesn't do that, thank God. I wonder if it's because he took Silas with him. He was a prophet. Was he hearing God? Because it's clearly, I remember, if you read in the next few passages, the Holy Spirit forbid them to go in to Syria, uh, to Asia rather, and parts of Asia. They were forbidden to go. So they were hearing God. It wasn't their counsel anymore. It was the Spirit of God was leading. And that second journey took him far wider than his first intentions. So he was hearing the counsel of God at last. And he sails and he does far wider and greater exploits. That'll do, I think I'll need to switch that off. But it's basically the circle does that. He goes far wider. And he does fulfill what he says here. So this business then, then where I'm saying he's got it wrong again, is, is, is to go back. Let's go back. I don't believe that was God's heart. Mark 16 and 15, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every living creature. That was Jesus' words. That was his commission. And in Proverbs 16 and 1 verse 2, the preparations of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. All the ways of man are pure in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the spirits. Verse 9, a man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his path. Let's just pray. Father, we just submit to you this morning. We thank you for your word. It seems an insignificant passage, but it's not, Lord. You're, you want to teach us from this, Lord. You want to bring something to the fore that we might deal with it, Lord. That we might find healing, Lord. Healing from hurts, of broken hearts, where we may have come into disagreement, separation, hurtful relationships. We may have taken the wrong path, Lord. We might have gone in our own counsel off the beaten track. Lord, forgive us, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would heal us this morning as we come and hear your word, that we have no right, Lord. Yes, yeah, sure, we can plan our way, but you direct our paths. We submit, Lord, our futures to you. And we ask, Lord, for your healing and your strength. In Jesus' name. So I'm just going to summarize. So this small passage, when you first read it, it's, it just brushes over it and you think, how come it doesn't give us more depth? That's such an important event. Two great leaders that have separated with such contention. 
But what we learn from Paul, I believe we must learn more tolerance and patience, especially with those younger in the ministry and the body of Christ as we seek to develop them. Remember, nobody's infallible. We can all get it wrong and often do in our judgment of others. Proverbs 17 and 9 again. He who covers a transaction seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates friends. Let us, maybe you're in a place of deciding your future path today. It seems reasonable to you and those around you to follow your heart. Proverbs 16 and 1, the preparations of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. All the ways of man are pure in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the spirits. A man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his path. So let the Lord direct your path to do everything in prayer. Ephesians 6:18, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Always our leading should come through prayer. And we should always be led by the spirit. Proverbs 3 and verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. So from Paul, it's, you know, he, he, he does repent of his attitude in that early passage with Barnabas and his attitude towards John Mark. He actually calls for John Mark to, later on in his ministry. Yes, send me John Mark, he's good for the ministry. So there was reconciliation at least with John Mark and Paul had grown wiser by then. What can we learn from John Mark? A first hesitant maybe to throw his, his lot in with the first mission. But we see he comes good in his relationship with Paul. Get Mark, he is useful for the ministry. Realize over time, if you persevere, you will be accepted and become useful to the ministry. Youthful zeal will be replaced with godly wisdom. Romans 5 and verse 3. We also glory in our tribulation knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So eventually in John Mark's life, he becomes useful for the ministry through perseverance, through having that hope in your heart that doesn't matter if you've been hurt, if you've never understood, well, why was I set aside? Why didn't Paul want me to go? Didn't he realize I was a young man? And maybe I was a bit hesitant. Maybe I wasn't as diligent as Paul. Maybe I did have questions. I didn't deserve to be put aside. And yet here he is. He perseveres because he comes back to Paul later in life. From Barnabas, let us be like Barnabas long-suffering sons of encouragement. Let's give those who are disregarded a second chance. He persuades the apostles to accept Paul and later defends the position of John Mark, who might well have been in the flesh with his passions and desires when he leaves the mission field. Let's be encouragers to each other. Allow others time to grow and develop in their walk. The 
There's an old prayer of St. Francis. Lord, make me an instrument of thy peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is error, truth. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. And where there is sadness, joy. O divine master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console. To be understood as to understand. To be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive. It is in pardoning that we are pardoned. And it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. So I hope you heard more the heart of God today rather than a, a nice clear <laughs> reading of scripture. I, I hope somehow that I've touched your heart today. I believe that God has spoken today to some here. And you know, if you need prayer, then come forward. Can we pray that song, Dave, that we started with? Sorry, you're there. <laughs> I'm looking for you. <laughs> uh, uh. Are you? And I really, you know, as I say, I haven't followed my script this morning, um, but those very clear points that God put on my heart for you, that you would understand that we can be in the flesh. It's okay. We're not perfect. Apostles weren't perfect. But the importance that we do everything in prayer and that we don't stand in our own strength. It's God who directs our paths. God wants to heal you today. Just by surrendering to him, he is the alpha and the omega of our lives. Amen.